Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft goes to the Detroit Pistons. Who's got the number one pick in this year's Detroit. draft? Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Basketball! Select Isaiah Stewart. The Detroit Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, that was absolutely sensational. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. From long range. Oh! Yes! Yes! Detroit Basketball! What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast brought to you by, I believe, Aaron Johnson and Jasper Apollonia here with you. Jasper, we've got a lot to talk about today with the Pistons. We're kind of going to do a stock report on some of the guys on the roster so far. We're going to check the pulse, our pulses, on Dwayne Casey, and who knows what else we'll get into. We've always dive into some random stuff that we were <laughs> always planning on talking about. Uh, before we do that, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, Aaron. You know what? I already have something that in prep for this show that already is grinding my gears, that's getting my goose. Uh, so I I really quickly want to just say before we get into things here, NBA.com, how dare you? Uh, what They have one of the best statistics websites out there. When I started getting into writing, Aaron, I, I don't know what I would have done if it wasn't for the NBA.com stats because they have so many tools on there, so many statistics, defensively, offensively, advanced stats, lineups, tracking, all that stuff. And over this offseason, they underwent a little change on their website. They redesigned some things. And what they did is they got rid of sub- several advanced filters that basically make all this statistical information they have worthless they have lineup lineup data uh that you now can't filter out for minutes or search for specific players so it's useless now it's basically just an excel sheet that you can't organize into anything um i I just man that really irritated me because i came on here i wanted to talk about some different statistics some different lineups uh and the nba has now made it impossible for me alongside their already just crap dog whatever i can't say it on the podcast uh league pass product so just real quick i had to get that out of the way because man adam silver get get your stuff together man what's what's the point of having these like all this data if we can't do anything with it anyway sorry i was also looking at the lineup data for the pistons so i'm curious to see where this this conversation goes i'm excited to absolutely get into it before we do that, though, I want to talk about our sponsor every week, Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. And as basketball is back, the Pistons are back. Use Bet Online for your sports betting this year. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, players' news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, 
or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Aaron, can I start betting on, uh, did you know if Bet Online has props on whether your phone will go off during the podcast? So that's, that's hit more than the Pistons covered last year. It's, it wasn't even like, that was a spam message. I literally <laughs> messages off going into a podcast. Cause I'm like, I really don't want something to ring. Like I, I've muted like all my conversations on my computer just so it doesn't go off during the, during the podcast. And of course, somehow I get a spam message and it's got a ding, whatever. I think last week was the first week in forever that it didn't go off. And I was trying yeah. to keep calm about it, keep it quiet, just like see if we can make that the norm. No, but of course, people have other plans. Smart betters, smart betters are are feeling great today. They've they've made their money back on the podcast already. So good for them. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's let's get into it. What I wanted to do with this first topic is really kind of do a, a stock report, trending up, trending down, you know, middling out with some of these guys uh, on the Pistons roster. Jasper, I guess I'll, I, I would start with you. Let's start with someone that, that you feel is, is trending up on this team right now after the first five games of the season. Well, it's got to be Boyan Bogdanovich, right? I, if, if there's one player that I think has – given you everything that you wanted to see from them to start the season, it's him. Uh, There's been other players that have played well, but Boyan has been fantastic. There's no other way to look at it. Uh, He's averaging 23 points a game. That leads the team. Uh, He's shooting 53% from the floor, 51% from three. He's hitting four threes per game right now, Aaron. Um, You know, obviously defensively, there's been the weak spots. Uh, He's not getting you a lot of rebounds. And he's not an incredible playmaker, although he obviously knows what he's doing on the floor. Uh, But yeah, Boyan Bogdanovich has just been absolutely spectacular. There's been multiple games this season where he's gotten the Pistons back into the game. Uh, There's multiple seasons where he's multiple games where he's basically been the only thing keeping them afloat. There's no other way to look at it right now. If the goal is to trade Boyan Bogdanovich at the trade deadline, or even beforehand, because don't forget the Pistons can move him whenever they want. Uh, they don't have to wait until until December. Uh, if, if the goal is to move him, you're looking pretty good on that right now. You're looking at a pretty nice return because Boyan Bogdanovich has been absolutely spectacular offensively, both outside and honestly inside the arc as well. Well, before I get into the, the player that is trending up for me, I guess I'll say right there that I pray to God the Pistons aren't planning on trading Boyan Bogdanovich anytime soon. Uh, the way that this team is playing, he is one of the only reasons why their offense, why the team maybe hasn't been relegated to to, to the G League per Adam Silver's. <laughs> I mean, this guy has been absolutely phenomenal. You know, made the most. He's made the most three pointers this season. He's shooting fifty one percent from beyond the arc. They 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 should not be thinking about trading him right now. Right now. Uh, you see, like, I don't know, part of me is like, wow, you got a good player and he's help, helping you. Like, maybe you should go get more good players and not just trade away anyone that has any sort of value. And I feel like every year we're in this this the same situation where come the trade deadline. Like last year with Jeremy Grant, you know, oh, we got to trade him. We got to try to get young assets, whether it's prospects or picks. It's like, mm, I don't, I, I really hope that's not 
the, the same mindset uh, this time around for Troy Weaver. Boyan Bogdanovich has a game that, you know, what he does is very translatable, you know, even as he ages. He is a shooter. Uh, you know, when he puts the ball on the floor, it, it's very, you know, methodical. It's thought out. You know, he's not doing anything based off his athleticism or speed. You know, he has a game that I think translates very well, even as he gets a little bit older. You know, I'm not saying you need to pay him $70 million this offseason, but I certainly think you should try to hold on to him. He looks like a very valuable piece. He's helping this team a lot. Just wanted to get that off the bat real quick since you mentioned, and I'd seen on Twitter uh, last night during the game, a lot of talk about, oh, Boyan's going to get back a, a really nice return. The Pistons are going to get a first-round pick for Boyan Bogdanovich. My thoughts on that are let's just maybe slow down a little. It's been five games. He's helping this team out a lot, and I, I think he, he, he can continue to help this team. The guy for me that's trending up, Jaden Ivey. I didn't think a rookie like him was going to come in and, and be this productive in, in so many ways. Uh, as quickly as he has he's quietly shooting 43 percent from the three-point line sample size isn't huge through you know four games for him but he's taking three and a half attempts per game the shots have been you know relatively good decision wise uh, i'm not seeing him hoist a lot of ill-advised three-pointers like i sometimes saw uh, when he was at purdue the game for him his speed he's playing at a very very good pace right now uh you know he's averaging under three turnovers a game for how much he has the ball in his hands uh, you know, playing 31 minutes a night. I don't think that that's too shabby whatsoever. He's moved the ball very well, you know, to give him credit as well. So he has averaged, you know, just under three turnovers a game. He's averaging five and a half assists per game to coincide that. He's scoring the ball pretty efficiently. And I've just been just been really, really happy with what he's done through five games. I, I knew he was going to have uh, a significant role on this team. I didn't think it would look this clean this early in the season. Uh, but it has, and I've, I've been really, really encouraged with what he's done. I think you look at, you know, how the top of this rookie class has fared, and obviously Paolo Bancaro has commanded a ton of the attention for how phenomenal he has been in Orlando. Uh, and you've seen some other guys like Benedict Matherin uh, get some praise for what he's doing uh, in Indiana. But I'm telling you, Jaden Ivey's quietly having a, a really, really good first uh, first week of the season for Detroit, and I'm excited to see where that goes considering he looks this comfortable this early in his career. I'm glad you said about the three-pointers because you're totally right. Look, I, I don't think he's going to be a uh, 43% three-point shooter uh, when it's all said and done, but you're completely correct. The process on those threes has been really good. Uh, they've been smart shots. Uh, a thing with like Killian Hayes, for example, is a lot of the times you're like, oh, okay, I want to see him put up threes, but the threes that he's taking stink. They're, they're, they're horrible threes. Like you, you're, he pulls up and you're like, no, 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 no. With Jaden Ivey, even coming in and having a little bit of questions about a shot, I've not seen any of those threes go up and been like, oh, that's a bad shot. Oh, that's not a shot you should be taking. And they look good coming out of his hands as well. So uh, it was a thing at Purdue. He shot better from the further back he got. Uh, that's something that we knew coming into this season. But you're totally right. He has been so good. Uh, I, his speed is just otherworldly. I mean, really, honestly, John Morant might be faster than him. Might be. Who else? Like, Jaden Ivey might be the fastest player in the NBA as a rookie and, because I haven't seen anyone so far that can stay in front of him or even come close to staying in front of him when he has a full head of steam. Uh, the, the creation also has been fantastic, and a big part of that has come with the fact that no one can stay in front of him. So 
He's been collapsing defenses, being able to kick the ball out to open shooters, uh, being able to create plays for others. I'm really interested to see what happens when Marvin Bagley comes back because Jaden Ivey definitely with, with a bouncy bounce guy is that's, that's good stuff right there. Um, yeah, he's been great, Aaron. He's been all that was advertised and, and honestly, maybe even a little bit more through the first week of the season. Wouldn't, wouldn't disagree with you there. I mean, like I said, I, I didn't expect him to look this comfortable this early in this big of a role. He, he's been great. Who's been trending down for you so far this year? <laughs> Well, uh, when your whole team is when your team is last in the NBA in net rating at almost eleven minus eleven points per one hundred possessions, which is abysmal. Uh, there's a lot of candidates for this. I would have to say so far, Aaron. Hmm. Uh, just picking one is. is difficult, but I'll go with Isaiah Stewart. Um, I, I haven't been very impressed with Isaiah Stewart so far. The, the three-point shot last night, especially against the Atlanta Hawks, was to the detriment of the team. He took a couple of threes at the end of that game that just were not shots that needed to be taken in a winnable close contest. Uh, and him forcing them up was just not good. Uh, around the rim, he's been as bad as ever. I, I mean, actually, he's been worse, if anything. He's never been great around the rim. He's not ever been a spectacular finisher, but this year it's been worse than ever. He can't finish anything by the rim. A couple games ago, I believe it was the Indiana game. Um, no, sorry. It was the, uh, um, uh, I'm sorry. Who did they just play two nights ago? The, the Washington game. He, I swear to God, must have missed about five assists from uh, from Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey. Just Easy, easy dump off passes, wide open, and the guy can't convert right by the rim. It's been really rough to see. Defensively, he's been fine, but overall, it's just not good enough. And right now, Isaiah Stewart, we had a lot of questions about him coming into the into this year. You know, where is he going? Is he even the starter? Is he even a center? Right now, I'm looking at it, and this to me is not a player that is a starter. Uh, a player that we didn't mention is trending up. Jalen Duran has, I think, solidly outplayed him so far. And not just outplayed him, but he also brings more to the team in, able, in, in terms of what his skill set provides, that he's able to elevate the players around him. And it's not a surprise that Cade Cunningham with, Sadi uh, with uh, uh, Isaiah Stewart on the floor has a negative net rating and with Jalen Duran has a positive one. Because that ability to get up, dunk the ball, do a lot of different things. Uh, and honestly, he's provided better rim protection than Isaiah Stewart has so far. Yeah, he's made mistakes, but at least he's able to get up there for blocks. Uh, at least he's able to finish around the rim on lob attempts. Isaiah Stewart, for me, I don't want to say it's been surprising because I'm not shocked to see him kind of play like this, but it's definitely been disappointing. And there's, it's. I'm hard pressed to take a lot of positives from his game right now. Yeah, I'm. I'm in agreement. I was going to to say Isaiah Stewart. I thought you were going to go in a different direction. Uh, <laughs> I can go in a lot of different directions, Aaron. You, there's you, plenty of candidates. You absolutely could. You absolutely could. But he's just, you know, uh, from a lot of the stuff you said, he just doesn't help this team offensively. He's not a floor spacer. The three point shooting. He's at 18 percent right now. He's not a play finisher. You mentioned he misses. I mean, he misses eight to, eight to ten points a game easily 
on just not being able to finish around the rim because he doesn't put himself in the right position. He's not big enough to just go up and dunk it, and he doesn't have enough touch to put it off the glass. I mean, you saw it last night, uh, you know, in, in the loss uh, in the loss last night. You know, he got the ball down low, and he wasn't in a position to, to score. He just kind of threw it up at the rim, and he, he got fouled, but he didn't even – it wasn't even a real shot attempt. It was just let me get into shooting motion – I, I'm not going to be able to score this. I'm, I don't have the size advantage. I don't have the touch. I don't have the vertical to get up and just put it over this guy. I mean, it, it, he is cratering their offense because teams don't have to guard him on the outside, and he's not making them pay as the role man in Detroit's pick-and-roll offense. So he's absolutely destroying the team offensively for a team that's already not shooting the ball well enough from outside the arc especially in the starting lineup. And then you bring him out there and, and he's not able to finish down low for you as well. This team has also been a bad rebounding team so far this year. Detroit allow, or Detroit's in the bottom half of the league in offensive rebounds allowed per game. I don't think that's a coincidence. You know, Stewart in, in Detroit, doesn't they don't have a good rebounding group out there. Obviously, you look at a center, you look in Detroit's past, the staple of them, being able to rebound was Andre Drummond. He was so big, commanded the glass on both sides of the court. You know, Stewart doesn't do that. Someone like Duran, you envision with all the comparisons he's gotten to Drummond, being able to eventually do that successfully. And, you know, coinciding with Stewart trending down, Duran has trended up for some of the things that, that Stewart can't do. He's a more of a play finisher. He's defending the rim better, as you mentioned. But the guy that I'm going to go with as trending down, and I actually thought you were going to go with him is, is Killian Hayes. I mean, he's made five shots this year in, you know, just about 90 minutes played uh, under 17% from the floors under 17% from the three point line. The game just has not gotten any easier for him. You know, he's missing layups. He's not taking great shots. I just don't have anything really positive to say about him. You know, the team looks better with Corey Joseph leading the show off the bench, which isn't great. I mean, all things considered, Corey Joseph is leading the three three league in three-point shooting percentage right now. Ha, that's actually funny. The Pistons have the most efficient three-point shooter in the league right now in Corey Joseph at 62.5%, and they have the player with the most three-pointers made this year in Boyan Bogdanovich. That will not continue to be a trend for this team because the shooting just never sticks with Detroit. Um, but getting back to Killian Hayes, he just has not been anything positive this year and that is just so 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 disappointing i thought there was going to be such an opportunity for him with this second unit granted they are missing you know some guys that would probably help him in terms of being able to finish off some plays assist in some scoring and alec burks and, and marvin bagley but even so the shots that he's taking the decisions that he's making have, have not been good and the shooting percentages have coincided with that exactly so he's absolutely trending down for me it's unfortunate i was hoping you know this would be a better version of Killian Hayes heading into year three but that's not been the case whatsoever and I think more and more people by the day are are, are losing hope in, in Killian Hayes' development as a player yeah I mean look Aaron I didn't pick him because how can you trend down from zero honestly like how can you how can you trend down from nothing he's already arguably the worst rotation player in the NBA last year so uh, for me I couldn't really pick him in all good faith but yeah last night he hit a couple shots and then that's the thing with him. It's like we've been talking about, I need more confidence. But even when he does play with, quote unquote, more confidence, it doesn't come across as confidence. It comes across as desperation. 
Like he hit a couple shots and then he keeps forcing shots. And, and it's just like, no, 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 just calm down. D- play your game. A lot of the things that I thought he did well last year, especially defensively in terms of taking care of the ball, distribution, stuff like that. I, I don't even think he's done a very good job with it this year. So yeah, a hundred percent. Killian Hayes, really disappointing. Uh, I mean, is he even disappointing? I guess it's just expected at this point to be, to be completely honest. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a really rough start so far. You're totally right though. They need Alec Burks back, Marvin Bagley, they need back. We already saw, you know, I had people ask me, Oh, you know, what, uh, this bench is so bad. I, how are Isaiah livers and Alec Burks really going to turn it around? And I was like, just look at what Isaiah livers did last night alone. Like he, he can hit three point shots that instantly makes their bench so much better. And that bench was actually able to stay competitive with the Hawks. Uh, I don't think it was a surprise that Isaiah Livers had a really good game, had 12 points last night, and the Pistons also played the, the Hawks very competitively. I don't think that was a surprise at all. I'm glad you brought up, actually, to bring it back to the Isaiah Stewart thing, I'm glad you brought up the, the rebounding thing because, look, I love what Boyan has brought to this team. And I think that the move on from Jeremy Grant, bringing him in and acquiring Jalen Duran, I think that worked out very well for Detroit. However, defensively and in terms of rebounding, I think that losing Jeremy Grant has really, really hurt them, especially in that starting lineup. And I think that it's I exposed Isaiah Stewart a little bit because without Jeremy Grant's ability to come over as a help side rim protector, without his ability to crash the boards occasionally, I know he didn't do a great job of it in Detroit, but he was able to rebound. I think losing that in their lineup and replacing it with somebody like Boyan Bogdanovich, who is not a rebounder, is only averaging three and a half rebounds per game this year, and he's certainly not a rim protector. I think that that has taken quite a toll on the Pistons' defense and their rebounding numbers so far those this year. So um, that's also something you have to look into when it comes to Isaiah Stewart is, you know, if if he is a center do you need to pair him with another big man at, you know, who can rebound at the power forward position? And if so, what does that look like? So a lot of questions, a lot of questions surrounding this team. And unfortunately, a lot of the answers that we're coming up with right now are not good ones. They're, they're not ones that make you hopeful. Um, You know, although look, I want to push back on some of the narrative that is saying that this team is completely dead in the water. Look, they have, they, we knew they were, we're probably going to split those Orlando indie games. Um, and they haven't lost to anyone really that you wouldn't expect them to lose to. So I think you get back Alec Burks, you get back Marvin Bagley, you get more Isaiah livers healthy. I think that the outlook of this team can change a little bit. I'm not saying they're running 40 games, but like people need to calm down just, just a smidge on the doom and gloom. I do think the bench can kind of Tread, tread water. I, I really do. I mean, the, the Killian, Corey, Hamadou Diallo, Kevin Knox, Duran five-man unit that we saw for you know the first three, four games was was minus eight uh, plus minus. Once they added in livers for Knox, they were minus one uh, in terms of plus minus. So I think you add, add in Alec Burks, you get Marvin Bagley back. You're able to have a couple different options. I think the bench could could hold its own. I just don't know if it's – I think the 
I think it really will depend on how good Alec Burks actually is. And for this team relying that much on Alec Burks, that is a scary, scary proposition. Well, I mean, Aaron, look, the, the Knicks made it to the playoffs two, two years ago. And Alec Burks was probably their second best player, offensively speaking, behind Julius Randle. So I don't think it's that scary of a proposition just to say, hey, Alec Burks, you know, buoy our bench. I don't think that's that's crazy. I don't think that's an unrealistic expectation whatsoever, to be completely honest. I think you have the tools. With Isaiah Livers and Marvin Bagley, like you have guys who can play, and especially Jalen Duran. For me, I, I'm not too worried about it. I, I, I'm actually pretty confident that Alec Burks can come back and really change this bench unit's offensive capabilities um, with his off-the-dribble ability, and especially with his shooting. Because like you said, Corey Joseph, uh, percentage-wise, is the number one shooter in the NBA. And Boyan Bogdanovich, in terms of makes, is the number one shooter in the NBA. And the Pistons are still, drumroll please, 16th and three-point percentage for the year. So you need somebody who can come in there and give you high-volume, high-percentage three-point shooting. I think Alec Burks is absolutely that guy. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We really we really haven't heard anything on Alec Burks as of late either, so we really don't have any sort of ideal time frame on, on when he's supposed to be back. Haven't seen Nerlings Noel this year either. He's been He was on the bench. Played, though, and then Marvin Bagley probably still a few weeks out. Haven't gotten an update on him uh, yet since the team initially announced a three- to four-week timetable uh, for him. All right, let's move into our, our middling players here. A guy that really hasn't been great hasn't necessarily been bad enough to trend downward i think a lot of the guys on this team have trended downward i think we might have the same guy for who's been kind of middling so far this year who's your pick i think we certainly are going to have the same guy here and that's because you're 100 right he basically hasn't gotten better he basically hasn't gotten worse since his rookie year it's Cade cunningham uh he, he had a really nice game last night at least a really great first half He's not great in the second half. He really looked like he ran out of steam. Uh, the numbers are, are fine. 20 points per game, six assists, five rebounds, uh, a little over a steal. Um, but the efficiency, once again, is not great. Shooting 40% from the floor overall, 32% from three. Uh, I think more worrying is that he's shooting 42% or 43% from two-point range, and that's not great. Um, basically, his efficiency is the same as it was last year. He's getting to the line a little bit more than he did last season, but it's still not really enough. Um, yeah, man, he's he's had a hard time, I think, adjusting to the addition of Jaden Ivey just a little bit and kind of figuring out exactly how much of the reins he needs to take, how much he needs to let Jaden have. And I don't think that it was a surprise to anybody that last night was his best night so far because without Jaden Ivey in the lineup, he was the guy that absolutely had to take control of the game. And we saw it in the first half. He was fantastic. 22 points. I mean, the Hawks just couldn't stop him. Uh, but then in the second half, you saw a lot of the things that make you a little bit worried. Uh, the, the turnovers, again, very bad. Four turnovers per game this year. And he had some really bad ones last night. Uh, the lack of athleticism at times. You know, he got, a, he got a jumper blocked. He had a couple layups blocked. He's had multiple shots blocked this year that, you know, you can just see it's because he has a lack of lift near the rim. So 
For me, I'm not hitting the panic button, not even close. This is still a guy that absolutely has a sick handle that can murder guys in the mid-range. And we saw last night in the first half that when he gets cooking, he's really, really, really hard to stop for any team. Um, and it's not like he was going up against a bum in DeJounte Murray. That's one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA. But overall, it's been a mixed bag from Cade. It's kind of been a lot of the same from last year. And I think for us, especially saying that we wanted to see that leap, I know I got a lot of flack for saying I thought he was the player that had the most to prove this year. You know, is he really good or is he that superstar? People push back on me for saying that, but that's this is exactly it. Like, how much higher is the ceiling? How much further does he have to go? Right now, you're not ceiling, seeing a hot, whole lot more of that ceiling than you did last season. Um you know, I'm not hitting the panic button, but it's definitely not encouraging so far through five games. Yeah, I'm in agreement. I, I am in the same boat as you. I have Cade Cunningham as my guy that's been very middle of the pack this year. Uh, I do have a statistic, though, that I wanted to mention. I'm not sure if this includes uh, last night's game against Atlanta. This might have only counted the first four games of the year. But Cade Cunningham's net rating, uh, or the Pistons' net rating with Cade Cunningham on the floor uh, is minus 3.91, their offensive rating, 116.37. Uh, that's in 133 minutes that Cade Cunningham was on the court. In the 59 minutes that Cade Cunningham has not been on the court, uh, the Pistons' net rating is negative 30.28 with an offensive rating of 87.6. So Cade Cunningham has not been great by any stretch of the imagination this year, but he still is absolutely vital to this team's uh, central nervous system. He is the heart of this team in terms of leading this offense. He is still a big part of the defense. I will say, I think defensively, he is a little bit more competitive this year. I think a little bit of that is just attributed to him really spending some time uh, in the offseason, adding some strength, which I think has coincided with maybe him not being as efficient of a shooter as we would have hoped, you know, the jump shot looking a little bit flatter as some people uh, have pointed out. I think he's maybe still trying to adjust to that. Uh, Kate's not been great this year. This team still absolutely needs him. And I think he's, I, I, you know, he's a guy I'm not worried about. Uh, a lot of people, you know, are talking about, oh, you know, Isaiah Stewart, Killian Hayes, like these guys, I really don't know about them. And that's fine. I agree with that. But I, this talk about, oh, Kate Cunningham's a bust because he had a four five, four games were a little rough at the beginning of a second year in the league after having as good of a rookie season as he did last year was just absolutely uh, for lack of a better term, crazy for me to hear. Um, I'm not worried about Cade. Hopefully the, the first game against Atlanta and that back-to-back a step in the right direction. He hasn't been great efficiently efficiency wise. It should get better. Uh, hopefully, you know, Jane and Ivy's able to get healthy. Alec Burks comes back, you know, this team's going to get some of their better pieces back. Um, and that should help Kate Cunningham as well. Not worried about him, but he has been a little underwhelming, not necessarily downward trending. The Atlanta game certainly helped save him from, from being put in that, that category. Uh, but he has not been great either. So we certainly, I at least am expecting a lot more. I know you are as well, Jasper from Kate Cunningham. We'll see if that changes, uh, as the season progresses for Detroit. Definitely. And I'm glad you said that about his defense. Cause I tweeted about it last night. I didn't get home till real late to watch that that replay but defensively especially the last two games I've been really impressed with him as an on-ball defender I mean we already know he's great 
at help defense. Like his ability to read the court defensively is spectacular. Uh, it was last year, still is this year, but his on-ball defense has been great. He's been so good at staying in front of his guys defensively, whether he's getting back down or playing against a guy facing up. Um, I've been super impressed with him, keeping his shoulders square, moving his feet really, really intelligently. His positioning has just been amazing over the last two games. Yeah, we, I, like I said, I, I haven't been very happy about the offensive part of the game for him um but defensively i think he's just been really really good and offensively yeah you're totally right like while his individual offense hasn't been what we want it to be in terms of efficiency there's a reason the pistons are plus 18.4 uh with his on off splits i mean that's that's wild that's just really really big he is the guy that makes it all work he's the straw, straw that stirs the drink Unfortunately, right now, the drink is uh, dead last in net rating in the NBA. But still, at least with Cade Cunningham, it's it's liquid in the cup. Uh, with everybody else on the floor, uh, I don't know. We're drinking concrete milkshakes, man. A few minutes left here. Wanted to take this time to get kind of your pulse check on Dwayne Casey. I think a lot of people after this one and four start to the year have grown skeptical of, of Casey as being the guy being the coach for this team. I certainly have some reservations about how he's managed the roster so far this year. What have you thought of the job that Dwayne Casey's done so far uh, with the Pistons this season? I, I haven't really seen anything for me that I didn't already know what Dwayne Casey was like, what, what's, What's different? What? Why are people saying that Dwayne Casey is trending down? He's still Dwayne Casey. All bench lineups, he's always done that. Um, you know, he, he always wants to switch defensively. Um, offensively, like, I don't, I don't really see what about this is surprising to anybody. I don't think he's done a great job, uh, but I do think he's certainly done a better job over the last couple games, especially last night with Jaden Ivey out. You know, people talk about staggering the bench. Well, he did a good job of staggering the bench. Yes, there were a few minutes with all bench lineups in there, but he left Isaiah Livers on the floor, um, you know, after the other bench guys had come out. He left Cade on the floor as well as Sadiq Bey with the rest of the bench. I, I thought he did an okay job there. It hasn't been great, but he also is dealing with injuries across the board i mean he hasn't had alec burks healthy he hasn't had marvin bagley healthy didn't have Jaden Ivey last night didn't have isaiah livers for several games yeah i think that there are certainly criticisms to be made of the job that he's done but has it been a total disaster class is he the reason they're losing all these games i don't i i, I don't feel comfortable putting that all on his head players have to play and when the players you're given are Kevin Knox and Hamadou Diallo, you're you're going to have issues. I mean, when you're big men, you either have Isaiah Stewart, who can't score, or Jalen Duran, who's still learning, who's a rookie. I don't really know what else as a coach you can do to alleviate those issues. I'm not going to give him an F. I'm not going to give him an A. I think I'd give him probably like a C- minus right about now. There's definitely issues. There are schematic fixes but overall i don't really know how much else he's supposed to do differently to fix the problems the pistons have right now yeah he's certainly playing with a bum hand i mean alec burks marvin bagley nerlings noel um jalen dirt excuse me Jaden ivy 
uh, in the game against Atlanta. He certainly had some guys missing that would be rotation players for them. Uh, no doubt about it. If they were healthy at the same time, you know, I look at, at these lineups and I mean, at some point Dwayne Casey's just got to know you, you cannot put Killian Hayes, Hamadou Diallo, Kevin Knox, and Jalen Duren on the court together and expect anything good to come from it. You know, there's, there's, there's gotta be, there's gotta be knowledge that you're gonna have to, to stagger. And, and it came a little bit in Atlanta. I still thought down the stretch late, you know, they, they, they didn't bring back Isaiah livers and, and, and they didn't bring back Isaiah livers who were both playing good basketball. No, no, that was ridiculous. Two minutes left. And like you're about to lose the game. And then Isaiah livers comes back in. I'm like for, for Corey Joseph. I'm like, what are you doing? Just leave him in the game. Don't take him out at all. Exactly. Like, yeah, what are you, uh, these are young kids, right? These aren't, these are not, you know, this is not a veteran team, 35 year olds. Like, they can play 15 minutes. Like they can go for 15 straight minutes. You know, I'm going like, to D plus. I'm changing my grade. D plus. That it, pissed me off last night. <laughs> Just for that alone. It's no, a- that was that was BS. Leave <laughs> Isaiah Livers in the game. You you need the shooting. What are, and you need the defense? What are you? Ah, he was right. Isaiah Livers played a major part in 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 the Pistons being in a competitive mode last night. You know, Cade had a great first half, but that second half where Cade wasn't as good. Obviously, Bogdanovich was phenomenal, but Isaiah Livers was right up there in terms of his shot making, his defense. Uh, but the, the, there's just got to be a realization like, look, when I've got my guys, I need to essentially have Cade or Ivy on the court at at any point in time. And I need to have Sadiq Bey or Boyan out there if I'm going to play a majority bench lineup because I need m- more scoring threats. He hasn't really tried Dern and Stewart together. He's talked about, well, you know, we've got to be careful. We don't want to get them. You know, we don't want to have to worry about fouls. I mean, at least last night, and I think in the Washington game as well, neither of them were in foul trouble, and there were clear opportunities as his team was getting slaughtered on the glass to go a little bit bigger, and he just doesn't. And, like, if this team is already bad, you might as well start trying out some things that you spent all offseason talking about needing to do. You talked about needing to figure out a foundation, needing to figure out if Stewart and Duran were going to be able to play together, if Stewart could be a four and Duran could be the five, and they'd be able to play together. And you haven't even tried it. You, you've tried it for a few minutes. You had opportunities in the last two games to do it. No, neither of them in foul trouble, both of them playing, you know, playing at least somewhat productive. Duran was great yesterday off the bench once again, and you didn't even try it. A lot of my issues with Dwayne Casey stem from his, his rotation decisions. I understand he's in a tough spot. He's got some key guys hurt. I get that. The lack of creativity offensively and the rotation management has just been abysmal to me so so far this year. He's certainly in the D range for me right now. Uh, I'm not putting this, you know, I'm not going to start talking about oh, how great this team would look with uh, Mike D'Antoni or or Quinn Snyder as the next head coach of the Pistons. I guess we can save that for for next week's show uh, when the Pistons are one and twelve. But <laughs> not been great for Dwayne Casey so far. However, the caveat is he's playing with a real bum hand right now, and I will recognize that as well. Yeah, that's the. I mean, I think that's the only reason it's not like an F right now is like, I, you know, they they have it. They faced some tough teams other than Indiana. That was a bad loss. Um, other than that, like, I don't know how much different the outcomes would look, even if he did stagger these lineups a little bit differently. 
even if the offense did a little, a little bit different. Look, I'll give him credit. He's playing Jaden Ivy 31 minutes a game. He's given Jalen Duran good run. Uh, we've talked about Nerlens Noel, and I know we have to wrap things up, but I will say he was healthy last night. He was on the bench. Uh, he looked incredibly depressed. I I don't know if Nerlens Noel is in Dwayne Casey's uh, lineups moving forward. I don't really know what's going on there. I'd really love some clarification because to me, last night seemed like a game they really could have used Nerlens Noel even for just 10 minutes. Um, and he was glued to the bench. So I don't really know what's going on there. That is something I want to keep my eye on moving forward. Aaron, I know we have to wrap here, but, but look, I just want to say, I don't think that the Pistons have looked necessarily any better or worse than we really expected them to coming out of the gate. I, I think maybe a little bit worse. Obviously, we expected a bit more from them, but the bench has really, really hurt them so far this year. Look, overall, like this is a team I think we need to preach a little bit of caution with, a little bit of patience with. You need Alec Burks back. You need to have some of these pieces in order to make it work. Um, but as of right now, I, I just want to push back on a little bit of the Pistons fans saying like, oh, hey, oh, this team's a total disaster. Oh, we need to trade everybody. I think if you guys were expecting a record much different from the one that they have right now, I think you came into the season with the wrong expectations. They're going to lose a lot of games this year, and we already knew that. So for me, I, I just want to say that, like, no, it's not been great. It needs to get better. But at the same time, this was always going to be a losing season, and I think people need to just be a little bit more, more cognizant of that fact, be a little bit more realistic with their expectations. Well, it's going to be tough for him to do that, Jasper, because the schedule's coming up. The schedule coming up is just brutal, and and I legitimately think this team might be one and one and twelve. We uh, told people they were gonna they were gonna have a bad record, like going into this West Coast trip. We said there was a legitimate chance they win two of their first twelve games. Their their hope was to come out of the year playing, you know, Orlando, Indiana, try to take one from Atlanta. You get Washington. Like there are some teams that you could compete, you could win against. Now it becomes murderer's row because after the second game of the Atlanta back-to-back, they have a back-to-back against Golden State and Milwaukee. They'll play Cleveland. Uh, it's going to be brutal for them, and it's it's going to get ugly. This team oh, still God. isn't healthy. We don't know when Alec Burks is coming back. We don't know what's going on with Nerlens Noel. Uh, we don't know where Marvin Bagley's at in terms of you know where he will be. I would expect Jaden Ivey will be back for, for the Atlanta game. You know, if he, he missed with a non-COVID illness, it'll have been a few days. So I expect he'll be back, but that would be another crucial loss for, for Detroit if he's still out. But it's 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 only going to get uglier from here. That's the un- unfortunate part for Detroit, unless they, they really pull off some magic because this schedule coming up is is absolute murderer's row. It's, it's going to be rough, Aaron. It's going to be really rough, but it is what it is at this point. If you get back Alec Burke soon, hopefully, knock on wood, maybe things look up a little bit. Um, but, yeah, man, it's it's going to be rough. I And we told people it was going to be rough. You know, things might get a little bit easier, but the East is a really, really strong conference this year, and there's going to be some really ugly games. So just buckle up enjoy the good things enjoy the fact that Jalen Duran and Jaden Ivey both look like absolute keepers they look like they both could be 
I mean, starters, studs for this team moving forward. That's a really good thing. Just you got to find the positives in this because <laughs> wins and losses are not going to be where you're going to find them. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people are starting to certainly understand that with, with this team. An interesting week ahead for the Pistons. We'll see how they look against some of the top teams in the NBA. <laughs> don't, don't worry, Aaron. Uh, Giannis is only, uh, let's see. 33 for his last 46 shot attempts from the floor. Um, I'm sure the, the Pistons are going to do great against him. I can't wait for that one. Ooh. Yeah, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich guarding Giannis is going to be a real treat. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, no. All right, we got to stop. Oh, there. no. Stop there. <laughs> we will see you guys on next week's edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Thanks so much. Uh, for tuning in make sure to follow us on our socials check out our website palaceofpistons.com uh you know support us in any way you possibly can we certainly certainly appreciate it uh thank you to believe and bet online for for making this week's episode or this week's episode possible we will see you guys next week here on the palace of pistons podcast take care everyone Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.